Morning Project Presents. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Generic Video Game Podcast. We are currently running on the same schedule which our government is in terms of distributing further stimulus payments. There's been a generational shift since we last recorded, and the ninth generation is now upon us. PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X are a reality, and we have much to discuss. Yet don't fret, Switch is still dominating sales, and Animal Crossing New Horizons is probably still in your device. I threw the Animal Crossing in the trash. That game bite me. I, you know, do you I, uh, I, do you still play it? No, no, not at all. I, I, I yeah. It's one of those games I wish I loved more than I do, and I know people will say this is a, a stupid, like, complaint to make about those games, but they're just really shallow to me. And I, I every time I start playing it, because like, I played the GameCube version, I played the DS version. I played the 3DS version and now the Switch version. Every mm-hmm. time I'm playing, I'm like, oh, I remember I, I, I do like this game after all, and it's fun and it's cute and everything, and then it just... It's missing something. And and I think, you know, what's funny is... <laughs> this is going to be a really weird comment. Um, Animal Crossing reminds me of PlayStation Home. Did you ever use PlayStation Home? Very briefly, I I haven't thought of it in some time. Nobody. It's very funny you say that because a a buddy of mine who's an Animal Crossing fanatic. Now that you mention it, used to be a PlayStation Home regular. Mm. So, real quick for anybody who never played it, like if you know what Second Life is, it was kind of like Sony trying to do Second Life, but without the porn and weirdness and furries and things like that um and it was kind of this 3d virtual world and you go in you could go bowling you could they were originally like you can you can set up a tv in your house and then people can come over and they can like watch the videos that are on your ps3 you know you can watch movies together and that never happened but like it was just kind of like 3d world that they were trying to build and they kept making all these things for your house like a popcorn machine or a stove or a bed and things like that and the the more you played the more you realized it's like everything felt like a hollywood set is like none of this stuff did anything it was right. just there to look at like the popcorn machine i mean your character's not going to eat but they could at least like you know, grab a bag of popcorn and like eat it for pretend for a few seconds, right? Like something. But there was nothing with all this stuff. And that's been my problem. One of my two big problems with Animal Crossing is just that like everything you get, like the game has, you know, arcade machines in, in your house. You know? Like, oh man, I made a little mini arcade in my house in Animal Crossing. It's awesome. But they do nothing. You just look at them. And it's it's funny that the series started off with you being able to get an NES that would actually play NES games. Yeah, it's funny that you mention that because this goes to the data tra- device with the cards as well. Is that correct? Yeah, that was that was after that, but 
But I, cause I okay. think like the game initially had like ten NES games in it, and then you could add more with the cards. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that was an example of you getting something in the game, putting it in your house, and it actually did something. You know, and Animal Crossing still had just such a little depth to most stuff. Like, you know, I, I think I think it needs farming. I think it needs uh, an entire, like, cooking system, you know. Like, there needs to be things that you can do with the stuff that you put in your house that actually does something. And so, between that and just the relationships with the townspeople just still being so nothing, mm. it, it, it just, I don't know, like, it, it bugs me because I want to like it so bad, but it always just feels like I'm... You know, like, if you ever go to, to like, one of those, um, I don't know, like, in America, like, a Wild West town or something, you know? And it's like, oh, you can see what it's like to live in the Wild West, but but none of right. it's actual real. <laughs> none, none, none of that is there and existing and happening. It's just, it's just all there for show, and you go look at it for an hour or two, and then you kind of go home. That's what the game feels like to me still. Yeah, it's kind of more for aesthetics. Uh, the visual is there to maybe spark that uh, interest or memory, but yeah, it's pretty shallow, I guess you're saying. Yeah. And it's a shame, because um, I really want to like the series, but it just, I don't know. I mean, I will say in its defense, there are hundreds, if not thousands <laughs> of items, and they do continue to layer what one is able to accomplish in the game, adding swimming, you know, all of the seasonal events. With that said, though... Um, you know, in typical Nintendo fashion, for better or worse, it is a trusted now long-running series which kind of moves along in a snail's pace in terms of innovation or manipulating the successful formula. So I think some of the things you're discussing will probably become a reality at some they point. They never will. They never but, well, the, here's the thing. With <laughs> Nintendo, you know, that could be another... 5, 10, 15 years, you know, before they... I mean, we're still at the point where if you you can only carry a certain amount of bells, the, the currency in the game, and if you need to make any big payment, you have to go and get bag after bag of bell, like, instead of just that, having, like, yes. a credit card or something in the game, That's you know? inexcusable. And I think to echo something you said in your EGM review, which I believe you were kind and, and gave the game a, a very good score... To steal your words, it needs some quality of life improvement still. And there's a couple YouTube videos that go through this stuff that will make you really cry if you're an Animal Crossing fan because um, some fans put together like a, a fake updates from Nintendo for the game and they're mm-hmm. all really, really good stuff that should be in the game. Mm-hmm. And, and you watch the videos and it's like, God, and, and that's the thing is, is like, there are you said there's hundred thousands of items. There's hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people buying this game. So right. my complaining about it means nothing because Nintendo right. can do, do you, the minimum amount of effort and people will still right. Buy it. Let me ask you this because I've never really played this series firsthand, but in terms of this type of simulation game. How does it compare to the modern version of The Sims? Oh, I mean, Sims is way beyond. 
way way beyond. Really? And, and, and Sims is a game really? that I have huge arguments with. Um, but no, I mean, because Sims are like... So, for example, if I decide that my character wants to be a writer, like, I can, I can buy a computer, I can go sit down at the computer, I can use that computer to write a book, like, not actually, like, writing it out, book but i can like my character can can spend the time to write a book i can either send that book to a publisher i can publish it myself online i can have people you know watch the sales go through and i can earn money from from that book you know um there is like in terms of what you can do as a character what you can do in your home with your items what the relationship levels are with other characters it's just it's way beyond animal crossing wow hmm yeah, I mean, I, I well, wish I wish Animal Crossing had some more of that, especially just like the character. I think the the character like relationship stuff. And when I say relationships, I don't mean like you going off and banging animals. I'm not saying that. Right? I mean, you mean yeah? In terms I, of like um, just friendship, like on a friendship yeah. level or a mm-hmm. rival level or whatever. Like there's there's no there's there's no growth in anything that happens. You know, like if you do something at one point. The, the the biggest growth that to me that can happen is the person can decide to move away because you're not paying attention to them enough, you know, right. that kind of thing. Like, there's no growth in I am better friends with this character than this character. Do you feel it's a lot of fluff and filler, so to speak, to move time along and day to day? It's you'd never get a uh, payoff, so to speak. I mean, I, I think, like, the one good thing about the Switch version is that they've really upped the, the like, creative aspect so that mm-hmm. you can actually, because, I mean, previous to this, you could not really edit the town outside of your home. It was just in your home was the only thing you could really edit. And they've put a lot of work into that, and I give them full credit for that. So I, I think, like, to me, the satisfaction you get and the sense of accomplishment you get is just... You know, like, it's like if you're playing SimCity, and instead of just trying to win, you're trying to make a really interesting and well-running city. You know, you're putting that effort to, to how do you design it, where do you put the public trans... Like, you know, you're, right. you're, you're giving yourself your own goals to, to, to strive for. And, and I think hmm. that Animal Crossing strength at this point is that just how cool of... An island can you make, even if in the gameplay side, that might have little consequence. Well, not to sound like Captain Obvious, but, you know, I do feel the one of the biggest hooks with Animal Crossing that separates it from other types of daily simulators, even though it's not as fleshed out, would be the cutesy characters, the animals, and their art direction. Yeah, I'm totally, totally, and and yeah. I, you know, and part of it is just that like, it's a game that you can play and just not have to play a game. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about goals or or vibes or score or things like that. And so I totally mm-hmm. get why some people like it. It's just it's just one of those things where it's kind of like how it reminds me of, um, you know, for so long we had Harvest Moon, and yeah. You're like, Harvest Moon's pretty good, Harvest Moon's pretty good, and then you have a game like Stardew Valley come along, and it's like, oh my god, this is what Harvest Moon could be if they actually tried. You know? 
So, like, I just think that, like, this is kind of the kind of game where somebody could come along and make a much better version if they actually tried. I, I just think Nintendo's coasting way too much. Hmm. Well, anyway. to kind of uh, maybe brighten the mood uh, and get off Nintendo here for a moment. Big news since we last talked, and if you can believe this, it's been about six months since we've last recorded. Um, and in case uh, anyone's been wondering or living under a rock, COVID is still going strong. What? And Yeah. <laughs> and we've just gotten done with Black Friday um, within the last day or so. Uh, I was not guilty. I did not go out in that. I just ordered a couple things online. This Black Friday felt really weird. Just because of like, I mean, Black Fridays in recent years have felt weird just because it hasn't been Black Friday anymore. It's been like Black Friday week, Black Friday month. Oh, it's things. the whole damn month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pandemic aside, but we've it, said this it's, for quite it's some time. It's just weird because you would I, think with, yeah. with so many stores not wanting people to go to them that you'd have like tons and tons of online sales but i don't i don't really feel it and it's funny because i went to best buy site to look at their black friday stuff and mm -hmm. they don't even have a category for like movies <clears throat> wow it just it just feels like i don't know maybe maybe you'll think differently but i just feel like this year of all years where online should be crazy, yeah, I don't feel like the well, sales and deals are out there. I'll say a couple things. I'll, I'll stick on this topic, which is more gaming and electronics related, and then I'll say something from an undisclosed source, and I won't give the company. Nothing to do with video games, by the way. So in regards to what you're saying... <clears throat> Speaking strictly for video games, you know, you check out Cheap Ass Gamer, check mm -hmm. out their Twitter, check out their site. They're not paying us or sponsoring us. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on digitally, physically. Uh, you know, I got my monitor deal more than 10 days ago, not Black Friday uh, specific. Um, with that said, you know, the doom and gloom of what I said all the way back in June slash july of our last recording talking about everything from how you know this generation shouldn't even launch uh people are going to be broke now some of these things still hold true there's a lot of broke people mm -hmm. uh according to what i heard recently uh if things continue the way they do allegedly as many as 61 percent of americans won't have any savings left Wow. Now, I'm setting you up here for a... I'm going to throw a curveball. This isn't just... So, I'm not Nostradamus, and I can't figure this out. So, there's a lot of scary life situations still taking place. But... Very close person to me, who works for a major global company, which is more entertainment and lifestyle-based. Their numbers this past week are up almost 20%, and that's on non-sale-related items. Yeah. I don't know where the money's coming from. I mean, I mean, you know, we're going to talk about the now, system in, in a few minutes, but... Yeah. Um, PS5 <clears throat> is the biggest PlayStation launch ever. Well, okay, I got some stuff to say about that. Yeah, yeah, so, and, and so we'll obviously get to that. Um... 
I I I know people who work for for used game stores, and I've heard stories of people coming in and buying whatever system is available. Like they go in saying, you know, I want an N64, and they say we don't have wow. any. And they're like, well, what do you have? You know, um, you, you know, and whatever they have, they'll buy. Um, we, we're seeing things like, you know, with the Queen's Gambit on Netflix is is this huge record-breaking thing. Like, I, I, I think, yeah, I, I think it's just, it's, the question is the money, right? But I think just people are so desperate for any kind of normalcy in life that, that that's where, and plus, you know, this I think, too, like, yeah. you know, people aren't eating out as much, people aren't going as much, people aren't sending with gas, so I think all that money is being funneled into the entertainment industry for as one, and they're having just like record-breaking times right now. Well, full disclosure for me, you know, not that people need to know my business, but uh, for those wondering how I was able to come up with the next-gen console uh, so quickly, um, I sold a lot of stuff in the last six weeks, point blank, just for... Personal reasons, uh, I mean, I still have quite the collection. Uh, you know, I didn't go completely nutso, but I sold a lot to come up with some cash. And, um, you know, I don't regret it. I'm pleased with my purchase. But, you know, that's my excuse. Mm -hmm. You know, I certainly didn't get any extra money or any sort of, you know, uh, extra incentive from work. You know, I'm grateful to be working. But that's how I was able to do it. But on the average, on the whole, looking from a distance, man, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I, I can't figure it out. You know, it's, um, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I think, I think it's just, I think, I mean, not, okay, you know, and this isn't anything against people who have lost their jobs, but not everybody has lost their job. And, and like I said, is I think <laughs> we're at a point where just that money is shifting, you know. Um, I mean, think about, too, like, I might be totally wrong on this, but if you think about it, like, I wonder how clothing sales are right now, you know. Because with people going out a lot less and working from home and things like that, I bet you a lot less money is being spent on clothes. Uh, so I, I, yes, so I, I'm going to talk out of both ends of my mouth. I believe for the most part, you are correct. The statistic I was giving moments ago in regards to the more lifestyle kind of entertainment-based company, mm -hmm. that is something that's um, technically apparel-related. Hmm, interesting. But think more of... Um, you know, someone was who you know, like we're into games and we'll sacrifice and we'll do what we can for our hobby because we love gaming. Apply this for sneakerheads. Okay. Well, that I mean that that makes sense to me. Like I think that's different than clothing because I think because I you know I think if you look you know because right now game prices are crazy high and they they mm -hmm. are going down a little bit but they're crazy high and I think part of it too is I think in in you know you might not expect this but i i do think that you're seeing more people collecting games right now not just buying them to play them but also collecting because 
again, I, I think it's a combination of people being stuck at home and not as many things they can go out and do. So anything in the home directly, you know, or that doesn't require you to go out and do things is is more popular. But also, and I think this might be the, the sneaker thing, is people are just desperate for things that make them happy right now. Mm. And, mm. and that's where that money is going. You know, is, is just they need something to keep their minds off of what's going on in the world or just to, to feel a bit normal again. And, and so I think any anything like that that has a collecting side to it or, you know, a I'm going to treat myself to something. Like, right. I, I wonder if that kind of thing, you know, isn't doing pretty well right now because people just need something. I mean, what you're saying is logical, and I feel like that has to be a lot of the reasoning behind what's currently taking place. I mean, because we we heard, you know, we I heard people saying that, like, 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 and you started off by kind of mentioning this is like this is a bad time to launch two brand new consoles that are expensive, right. you know, right? Like it's but uh, yep, we're seeing them shatter records in terms of sales. I think. And, I have and, to and eat I, my words on that. Yeah, I guess I, I was completely wrong. And obviously, like, this this is not the long run. This is just, you know, as of this point right now. But I want to see right. if I can find it. Because this this was a, a, just a piece of information that kind of took me by surprise. Well, but, your prediction for what you okay. said, paraphrasing you, was you felt no matter what, the launches would be successful. You yeah. felt no matter what, they'd sell out. So... You've been on the money there. The second part of the equation, which I also agreed with, you felt the real test was going to be in the spring. Yeah. Yeah, it's like once you get past this. Um, yeah. Okay, so so again, this doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it's just it's funny to mention. The Xbox Series X and Series S in Japan has already sold a fifth as many consoles as the Xbox One has in the entire life in Japan. Wow. So the the Xbox One had sold 114,000 consoles in Japan. That it's is our, crazy. The, the series has already sold just over 24,000 consoles in Japan. Now, obviously, obviously that could mean, that could be a point where everybody's going to buy it is buying it right now and nobody right. else is going to buy it from here. You know, mm-hmm. but... Even just in terms of like how the, the the Xbox is done in Japan, like it's 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 doing great right now. Compared yeah, for a Microsoft based console, which is where they have such a horrible time getting any sort of footprint, you'll see Xbox products leave the shelves early, get blown out. Um, that market will get forgotten on some releases because of such a limited base. Those numbers for them, that's amazing. Wow. So I mean hmm. like like I'm looking at the Xbox series. Xbox one. You know, so the original Xbox did, did much better out of the gate and the Xbox three sixty did out of the out of the gate. But I think like it's gonna be interesting to see the kind of trajectory if they go along the same way or not. But I said I just I just think people need stuff right now. And I I just I think that we're making so many sacrifices in so many ways that that's maybe where that cash is coming from. Mm. 
Well, for those um, who may not have watched YouTube or various online reviews, message boards, and what have you, I don't know where you want to start, but um, uh, I was fortunate enough to get a PlayStation 5 disc-based. I have to give a shout-out to a local friend in town who had one reserved, and she changed her mind and let me take over the reservation. So that's how that miracle happened. And you um, you stole a PS5 from a little lady is what you're saying. (laughs) She bought it, walked up the store, and you like knocked it over and stole it from her. Out of desperation for the podcast to have something to talk about, I uh, took advantage of an elderly (laughs) woman. So, uh, yeah, I got a hold of a PS5. You know, I I did a Twitter uh, update about a week ago going over everything. Um, you know, I guess the, the summary, my summary first, and then I'll let you speak. I f- the PlayStation 5, or and I don't have an Xbox Series X, but I'm going to imagine, you know, the same applies. I've watched teardowns of both consoles. I've gotten my Xbox education via modern vintage gamer on youtube digital foundry so i am pretty well versed on that as well you know i say if you're someone that who's a longtime gamer you know you're going to be in it for another generation you want to play the new games coming out you know if you're still in the hobby if you've got the cash and one comes across your way and you're someone who wants to looks at it more from a perspective of a high-powered PC, at least for right now, before games really start taking full advantage of the architecture. If you're someone who would be appreciative of frame rate boosts, more graphical effects, if you may have a 4K TV, even if you don't, you can still get uh, some improvements in frame rate, oh, yeah. stability. Yeah. If you're looking for anything like that and you can do it, it's worth it. If you're looking at this in terms of the news hype train and you've got to get a PlayStation 5 where you're taking your bed outside and pillow and sleep in the night, which I saw yesterday on uh, some uh, article. Uh, My short version is if you're going into that without any of the other stuff I I said and you're thinking there's some sort of, quote, Mario 64 available right now that's going to change your life and you got to get this system right now, you're going to be severely disappointed. Uh, In conclusion for now, and then I'll let Molly ping some questions to me or we'll go back and forth. What I find most ironic with PlayStation 5 is the thing I had the least interest or care in is the thing I'm walking away with most impressed. And that's the haptic feedback and having it shown off with Astro's Playroom, which is packed in on the PS5. There, there, like, and I wrote this in my review of it. Um, there's a part in that game when like it starts raining and then it starts hailing and that that does things with rumble on a controller i've never felt before and it was crazy like like that was i'm still not sold on the controller but that that was a legitimately oh my god moment 
Absolutely. And when I say what I'm going to say, it's not coming from a fanboy or throwing stones. It's on one of our podcasts from earlier in the year or late 2019. You will remember me saying, I think the Switch has been great. Uh, Unbelievable library. You know, I do make fun of it and call it the garbage disposal because it gets everything good and bad. (laughs) But Switch is absolutely worth it and deserves the success it has. But you'll remember one of the things I knocked it for (laughs) was there was a big stink made about the... HD um, Rumble. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not only do I not notice a difference with the HD Rumble... I feel it's not even on par with uh, PS2, PS3, 360, Xbox One feedback. I can't. So unless I, I can't name you a single game where that I can tell you has HD Rumble in it. I, I have no clue. I thought the Rumble. I, I thought the Rumble was worse. Anyway, the reason I'm picking the reason I'm picking such a topic. And you can see why when Sony earlier in the year was talking about the haptic feedback, I totally thought it's a bullet point. I totally thought it was another Nintendo maneuver where it's like, hey, we have something like that too. I chalked it up to complete PR bullcrap. And I guess maybe that was the mindset to go in with because I was blown away. A lot of people have been. I'm I'm still not sure. Um, I, I, I'm not VR. Let's make this clear. I'm not VR blown away. I'm not the first time you used a analog uh, stick blown away. But for the last you know five to eight years, excluding VR, for something that can be done with tech that's already in your hands that isn't drastically different or. Uh, you don't have to do anything differently than you normally would in playing. I was very impressed. I, I think I think my question, and I've seen I've seen people now who say like they've got a PS5 and an Xbox, like third party games. They're going to always play them on PS5 because of the controller. And I'm I'm not saying that's a wrong opinion, but I I don't right. know that I share it yet. Um, I just don't know. Uh, but. So I got my PS5 um, just over a month ago, uh, but who's counting about that? You know, who's <laughs> counting about my getting it early by two or some right. weeks or anything like that? Uh, and then I got my Xbox Series X at launch. And I was thinking about it because I knew we were going to talk about it on the podcast. And I think that on... A level of what's obvious, this is probably going to be the most initially disappointing generation that there's been. And I went back because, um, you know, original ColecoVision and Television, Atari 2600, those are also 8-bit, but we tend to not call them 8-bit. So kind of, let's say, just the pre-8-bit consoles. You went from there to the 8-bit with NES and the Master System, and the, the jump was ginormous it was an absolutely crazy jump revolutionized home gaming you went from 8-bit to 16-bit and it was one of the generations that we're going to see later again where it's like okay now we're going to actually do the things everybody wanted to do in the previous generation you know you actually had 
proper amounts of sprites. You had huge, bigger sprite sizes. You had a lot more colors, parallax scrolling, all that kind of stuff. So that was a, that was a huge jump. And then, of course, 16 to 32, we go to, to games that are actually in 3D, and that's a mind-blowing jump in technology for games. But as much as that is, it's still a very, very rough generation in what we can do. So you go from 32-bit to 64-bit, you know, to the to, to and Xbox, Dreamcast, you know, PS2, N60. Wait a minute, am I getting my GameCube? Sorry, Game. Yes, GameCube. yes. Um, and that's another generation where. We're saying, okay, now we can really do what we wanted to do in the previous generation. You know, the thing we could actually have those things work. So that was big. And then that to the next generation was all of a sudden we can do games in HD. We can do games widescreen. We can do these cool new kind of games because we have a hard drive in the consoles now. And we have way, way, way more storage. So that was a big jump. I I think some might argue like the PS3 to PS4 generation was not a huge jump. Um, I think it was yet another of those kind of like, this is going to be the, the generation where we really polish everything and we can do things better. And right. games can actually be solid HD now with solid frame rates, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not like struggling to kind of try to have HD and stuff like that. But... I think initially, like this jump, because we've had tests of 4K now, and people, that the jump from 1080p to 4K is nowhere near as huge as the jump from old SD televisions to, to HD televisions. I think it's initially not obvious, but I've become super hyped for this generation. I am really, really excited by it. Just because even even now, I think we're seeing just all these core things that are so much better that aren't going to be obvious initially, but in the long run are going to be huge shifts in how video games work and how we play them. Um, you know, ha- having like having actually decent cpus is going to be a gigantic deal for video games the ssd is mind-blowing and and changes how like when you play demon souls on ps5 and then you go back and play on ps3 like the game changes and how you can play it changes and even just in that kind of game seeing how the difference it's it's gigantic and I think there's all these other kind of little technologies that are going to happen. Hopefully we can keep, you know, 60 frames per second as, as an option, sometimes having 120 maybe. I I think this is an unexciting generation in terms of just surface level, what you're what we're seeing right now and, and the kind of games we have so far. But I think this is one of those generations where it's all these under the hood changes that are going yes. to be a revolution. <clears throat> in a few years, but we just can't see it yet. I agree with that. It's it's playing long ball. It's it's not going to shock you up front out of the box. I know I'm not using a technical term, but I feel like 
the environments and what one sees, everything is more confident. It's stronger. I feel like for someone who's walking by and passing, they probably won't know if you're playing a PS4 or PS5 or even right. a high-end PS3 game. <clears throat> but if you're someone who knows what you're looking at and you're a player and you're looking for whether it be responsiveness, frame rate, um, you know, how the, you know, when you're rotating the camera, the smoothness, you know, no seams or tearing, um, certain lighting effects, that's where you're going to see the differences add up slowly but surely. Um, so I, I do agree. I think it's going to be more of an effect showcase and strengthening of visuals. And, um, you know, this is, uh, this is nuts to pose this question one month into the latest generation. But barring a VR type of change or some sort of monumental tech leap, which we can't imagine right now, in terms of traditional console cycles, it is kind of tough to imagine right now what would be beyond what we have in our hands right now in five years. I, I think I think I think the problem and we're already seeing this is we were just a little bit too early for ray tracing. Like ray tracing is going to exist, but there's gonna be there there's gonna be what am I trying to think? There's gonna be, you know, penalties for using it. You're gonna right. have to make decisions of like do I want 60 frames per second or do I want ray tracing? And I, I, I think I still, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again, I, I still think ray tracing is going to be one of the huge changes in gaming because it's it's going to, we still like, so I think a good example of this is, is I was booting up um, Demon Souls on PS5 and I was looking at the kind of visual, the graphic that, comes up when you're when it's launching and i was like the game still doesn't look like that and oh and i see that how the game looks in that render and how the game looks when playing are totally different and we're still not at that point where it just doesn't look like a video game and i think lighting is going to be one of the important steps for getting there um, so I don't know if that's going to come with like a mid-generation refresh or it's going to be next generation, but I think, I think lighting is going to be one of the things. And, and I mean, past that, I think, I think AI has to be a big one too. Like, I think there's huge, huge steps we still have to go through in AI that are going to fundamentally change video games. So for me, those are, those, those are two I'm looking forward to. And by the way, on your uh, Demon Souls take, let me know what you think here a bit. I have a copy here, but I still haven't busted the seal. I messed around with Spider-Man a bit, and then I've been going back, cherry-picking select PS4 titles on PS5 and looking at differences here and there, such as RE2, RE3, Zone of the Enders, uh, mind you, I'm coming from a PS4 vanilla, jumping up to PS5. I didn't do a yeah, mid-gen jump. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, in 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 general, would you enjoying Demon Souls? Uh, 
Well, it's it's funny because I watched a, a Jim Sterling video today, and and he he said it best. But when he says this, and you think about it, it's it's not completely a compliment. But the the PlayStation 5's best launch game is a PlayStation Three game. <laughs> you know, and right. and that's like no offense to Demon Souls, but when you think about it, it's like should that be the case? But it, it's true. I, I think, finally, I think it's its best, the best launch game. Um, you know, like like, I just I just don't care for the Spider Man games. So you can use it against me in my opinion. Uh, Astrobot is really great, like really really great for being a free pack in. But it is what it is. Um, right. Sackboy, I haven't tried too much of yet, but it's not going to be that kind of level. You know, so I, I I think Demon Souls is like the, uh, like just in every in all the categories put together, it's the best game you can get right now. But it's also a PS3 game, so. Hmm. Now, if you don't mind me jumping around on you a bit, and we can uh, talk more about PS5 if you like. While I don't own the new Xbox. I will say from a teardown perspective and numerous videos I've watched, I feel of all the next-gen consoles, and what I mean by that is PS5, Series X, and Series S, just judging in terms of craftsmanship and what they were able to put in such a small box... I feel the Xbox Series S may be the most impressive piece of tech of the three. Not saying that's the one that one, uh, you know, should get. I'm just talking from an architectural design standpoint in terms of what they packed in there and what they got under the hood. Um, I do feel, and I'm not trying to place a jinx, I feel from research and what I've seen... A lot of the design choice for PS5 and even the Xbox Series X, the reason they're so gargantuan and the way they are, a lot has to do with the distribution of heat and the fans. So that's the reasoning there. The Xbox Series S, like I said, is amazing. But is that going to be one of those things in a year or two where we may think differently due to its compact size? And what it's running under that hood in such a small space? Well, I, I think, you know, and and like I feel bad because I haven't used my Series X very much at all. Um, just because because, you know, of getting a PS5 for review purposes and and getting all the PS5 launch games from Sony, you know, and doing a couple different reviews, like I've that's where my focus has been. So I haven't used my mine enough. But I'm <laughs> Like it's, I'm I'm first of all not happy that we're seeing so many reports of games being notably better on PS5 versus Series X because that shouldn't be like they they should be. Is, j- I didn't. I'm unaware of this. Yeah, because if you like Digital Foundry's done a lot of great videos and yeah, there's been you know it, first it was like it would think I'm trying to think it was like it was Watch Dogs or Valhalla. Um, I, and first, I, like, okay, so maybe I actually watched some of the Assassin's Creed one, and I'm, I'll confess. Yeah, Assassin's Creed. I I didn't see a whole hell of a lot of difference. 
there was one loading point at one point in the game where I think it was like four seconds quicker on Xbox for some weird reason. But I but enlighten me. What what have you well, seen? I'm trying to remember. Like I, <laughs> it's been a while now, but. Like I think it was like the Xbox version has like screen tearing and it, it can't mm. hold the 60 frames per second like it's supposed to be able to, and it's having some issues like that. And initially I thought, okay, maybe this is just Ubisoft not getting the hang of things for this one game. But then we've seen a couple other games uh, have that same problem and games that aren't from Ubisoft. So like I think I think we're seeing some roughness and and the story going around is that Microsoft's development uh the sdk just was late later than it should have been especially compared to ps5 Mm -hmm. and so hopefully it's a case of like developers not having the time with it but and this is where this but is where i don't know if it's because of that or other things i think there's also been a few cases where we've seen limits on the series s that we shouldn't be seeing you know, because the the whole idea, at least the way it was kind of sold to us, was that Series X is going to be your your 4K 60 machine, and mm-hmm. or or I'm sorry, <clears throat> is it 4K maybe 4K 30 and 1440p 60, and then Series S is going to be your 1440p 30 and then 1080p 60 kind of machine, <clears throat> you know, but it's. <sighs> And I, I haven't paid enough attention, so I, I may be reading these wrong, but I, I feel like the information that's been coming out is is that the Series S is also kind of struggling to get to where it should be. And the con- the concern that some people had was that where is Series S going to be in like three years or four years? Mm. You know, as as the main level games are getting better and better you know right is is microsoft's entire um plan of of the series s being able to keep up going to actually happen or are we going to see that it can't keep up and that's the question i don't know the answer to yet and that's the part that kind of worries me about series s like I think I think if we were seeing really good examples of this console can keep up and it's just it's it's only a question of resolution, you know. It's only a question of you're playing the exact same game at a lower resolution. Like if if we saw certainty in that, I would feel much better about the system cuz I do think the idea is great, but like I think we need to get further out and see you know can this console do what we're hoping it can do or is it going to struggle because for me personally i could never consider the series s just because if there's two options at the exact same time and one's more powerful i'm going to trust the more powerful one because we know how games work right like we know that we're always saying why don't developers just tone down the graphics a little bit to make them solid 60 frames per second or, or whatever it is you know and developers don't do that because they always want to push graphics and too many consumers always want them to push graphics you know so i just think you have to take the the, the better choices too so that's where i'm kind of worried about the series s but hopefully it is just that the sdks are not where they're supposed to have been and not a 
bigger problem for one or both of the consoles. Yeah, I think um, in regards to the Series S, you know, keep keep in mind and those listening, it is digital only. There's no drive at all, yeah. no drive option. You know, I feel what they're going to do with that in time to fall back on is Xbox Game Pass, the streaming capability of it. Uh, with that said, I would say the only way, you know, the way I could recommend an S is for someone who already has a back catalog of digital games due to the backwards compatibility of the machine. And maybe if someone got rid of their Xbox One, um, you would have access to all of that again. So it's a great backwards compatible machine. And Which, Xbox okay, wait, let Game me, Let me interrupt you real quick. Sorry. Let me, let me tell you. Because yeah. right now as I sit here, so I've, yeah. got, I've got the Series X and the PS5 at my, my desk here in my office. Mm-hmm. But in the living room, we have an Xbox One S sitting out there Mm -hmm. and i had an xbox one x and i'm gonna sell the x and keep the one s there's there's part of me that would love to replace the one s with a series s at some point oh i know you're gonna say but like that's our blu-ray player I knew you were going to say it because that can also do 4K Blu-rays as well, correct? Right, because the One S can also do 4K Blu-rays. Yes, that was that was one of the brilliant things. I mean, not that it really matters in the end of the day, but one of the things that I loved about what Microsoft has done is that they, mm-hmm. you know, the PS4 never even got that drive, but Microsoft right. put it in their lower tier system, and that's why I think I think. I mean, they are still selling the 1S currently, but I think they should just keep it around because it would be a perfect Blu-ray slash 4K Blu-ray slash like somehow box. slash somehow slash that unit down to like a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, I think I get it cheaper. Like that would be a great just kind of like X mm-hmm. you know X Cloud and media center machine but that is an interesting take you know if they slashed that thing to 100 bucks and kept that in distribution just as a a disc player and the irony is off the charts because you would think this would be sony with their background exactly but that would fill the void if so many manufacturers like samsung and other major companies who normally put out multiple players each year not only cutting back some of them not doing any anymore you figure that's a small niche and void Microsoft could fulfill with that technology and just sell it, blast it out. Yep. If yeah, if mm. if if they wanted to, like, I mean, I'm curious what they're going to do with it. If they're going to just get rid of it soon or keep it around. Um, I can't imagine them keeping that skew around long because you know usually Microsoft just cuts that stuff dead. But in it its is. Tracks. But it is funny that they killed the One X, but not the One S maybe yeah um but you know like so like i'm not saying the series s should have a drive in it but i'm I'm saying the, like a disc drive but i'm saying like no i get it yeah that's my hesitation is is right i know everybody's trying to move towards streaming stuff but it's like i i still need that player of some sort in my living room and so for now unfortunately a 1s is still a much better option than the series s even though if I want to game in the living room, I now have to just take one of my consoles out there and game it that way. Yeah, and I think with the audience that we're talking to, we're certainly not talking to a mainstream audience here on morning radio. 
Um, I would assume there's a lot of otaku like us. I still have a plethora of primarily Blu-rays now, some DVD, you know, everything from Cowboy Bebop to the Studio Ghibli movies. So there is reason and purpose for these discs. Um, Yeah, I mean, I still, I don't know about you, not to get personal or brag, but like, I've still probably got a couple hundred discs for movies. I'm assuming you must have quite not, the collection as well. Not that many, but I do have like <clears throat> like obscure like right. Asian cinema DVDs. Yes. And I don't have a lot of anime at this point, but I do have like all the Studio Ghibli stuff and then certain mm-hmm. other collections. And it's like, yeah, it's like stuff stuff that, you know, all this stuff that just like it's never going to be on streaming or... If it is, you have to, you know, pay for these esoteric anime-only streaming options or things like that, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, like, I need a way to have those discs still around, even though mm-hmm. everyone wants to kill them off. But The other thing here, uh, here as well, since we were talking about digital streaming, all that stuff, I'm sure everybody is well aware of this and not to beat a dead horse. But if you want to shed some quick light on... Right out the gate, one of the things that Sony got some points for <clears throat> was not having to do like a DRM type check or log into the server in order for someone to fully start up their system. Yeah, that's too, like I'm I'm kind <clears throat> right of disappointed in in Microsoft about that and and mm-hmm. because I I didn't try my PS5 because I didn't even think about it, but then somebody brought the fact that like well on Xbox you can't. You can't even set up the console online. And I was like, there, <clears throat> there's no way. Like, there's no way that's true. Like, I mean, maybe you cannot, you know, because if you buy a new Mac, for example, right? You go to the steps and it's like, hey, put in your iCloud account. And hey, let's do this. And hey, let's get you online. And you can right. say, skip now, skip for now, skip for now, skip for now. My stupid new TV, I have to like, you know, it's like <laughs> sign up for Roku. And I'm like, I don't want to sign up wow. for Roku and like all this kind of stuff wow. too, right? So everything like has that skip options. But I was stunned that I could not get the Series X set up offline. There's a, a step wow. where you can just do nothing else if you don't connect it to the internet. And I... I, I <sighs> And it's it's just like I had flashbacks to the Xbox One, right? Yes. When they said, "Well, you gotta check in and stuff," and and this isn't necessarily that. This isn't necessarily check in, and and you better believe Sony and Mike and Nintendo both have check ins. I have to check in every time I play any game on my Switch Lite. Period. You know. Um. But to not even be able to use the console offline as a start that's crazy to me and then that kind of rubbed me the wrong way even though it's a small thing for me but it's just like why and it's the first impression it's right out the gate when they're making that decision internally you would think they know by now still like even though digital has come so far since 2013 but you know that press, that bad press, is going to get right out. You know what I mean? So it's like you don't need that right off the bat. Why do it? And and they did it. Well, especially because, too, like, launch days suck for that, right? And yes. that happened. People 
could not use their Xbox even with the internet because the network was being slammed and they couldn't get it registered with, with, with Microsoft. And so it's just like, you're telling me I can spend, you know, six, $500, $500 on a console, $70 for a, a physical copy of a game, take it home, and I still just can't play it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So credit where it's due to Sony that, like, they don't yeah. have that. But on the other side, there there is an option that you don't notice right away that it's basically the new version of setting it as your home console. And I got stuck because I didn't set that option. And then in the pre-release days of the console, there was a point where Sony took the networks down to launch the actual network because we run a, a, a pre-launch network. Um, okay. And when that happened for the entire day, I could not use my PS5 for anything. Wow. Because games wouldn't play. Even wow. even PS4 games wouldn't play. So you mm. do have to know what you're doing, but the PS5 can be used offline just fine, but you have to know that settings there and turn it on before it'll happen. Wow. Well, um aside from that, I don't I don't think you're too hyped on this next title, but um do you have any words to share in regards to Cyberpunk 2077 which is now under 2 weeks away? Yeah, if it comes. I'm still like Well, I, I will say, I saw, yeah, I'm sure I saw the Reddit thread about a week ago. It seems like there are copies. Yes, there are copies starting there. to get in the wild. Right. Mm. I'm the the my problem is just with anything right now is I'm I'm already spoiled. So if 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 you don't tell me I have a next gen version right away, I kind of don't care. Wow. Like I I really want to play that game, but. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that, like, okay, I've got to wait for the next gen version, which I think is next year. Is it? It's in, it's an undetermined point in 2021, right. but the, but it will run with improved frame rates and performance on next gen consoles right now. Yeah, but but right, you're not going to get all the bells but, and whistles and all that stuff. Because I do not trust playing that game on current consoles. I, I just don't I just don't know how good of an experience that's gonna be. Um so maybe I'll have to play on Stadia, I guess. <laughs> oh my goodness. Do do you have a Stadia? I do. Wow. Um, I know someone honestly I know well, I reviewed it, so that's why at I least I know at least one other person, if not two, believe it or not, that wow. own the damn Stadia. How do you like that? Hey, they got they got a crazy new Pac-Man Battle Royale game recently, so on Stadia, it's Stadia exclusive for now. Yes. Wow. Um, but like, it's funny too because like I haven't touched Last of Us Part Two either, just because I'm I'm certain there will be a PS5 version of that game. Uh, I'm with you. You know what? Uh, you and I are on the same boat. Believe it or not, I did not buy that and haven't played it, so I'm in the same boat as you on that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, just I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rush yeah. into it. Anyone, anyone at your office uh, excited for? Yeah, it? oh yeah, definitely, definitely, and we're gonna be reviewing it, so somebody's gonna be playing it. But mm. have to see you know, <laughs> who it is. Um, let's see. You've been. Um, I mean, I know you haven't had time. It's an ignorant question I'm going to ask, but. Aside from the new gen consoles and even PS4, uh, have you been doing any retro game hunting or collecting or playing anything old as of late? I bring this up because you and I have gotten into many private conversations over the upcoming Mm. analog systems, the analog duo. Oh, you know what? I have. I have. Um, But... It will have to wait until we talk about handhelds. In terms of uh, the NT Pocket or the play date? Something else. What? Yes. So. Uh, oh. Yeah. I'll say if you thought about it, you know what I'm talking about. The, <laughs> but, but the let's, Nintendo let's, let's Game & Watch? Yes, yes. Um. But let's definitely do the duo next, because that's something I definitely want to talk about. Yeah. I got to admit, I, with all of the teasing over the last month now, I would have thought the Analog Duo would have gone up for sale, even though I don't have the cash holder <laughs> for it right now. I don't know what they're... Uh, I don't know. It's 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 frustrating. It's, yeah. yeah, you got it. You got it. Uh, you know, if they're telling the truth, a different company, and I'm not knocking Analog because the products, they, they're gorgeous products of the highest quality. But, you know, the way Playdate seems to be how they want to do it is I did a survey for them a couple weeks ago. It was the first newsletter they sent out in about seven months. And they said something to the effect, they said, you know, they don't want this to be something where people aren't going to be able to get one. They're going right. to be able to do like a pre-order system, then print. I wish Analog was doing something like that because I don't want the bots to get all of the Analog duos and I don't want it to sell out in 30 seconds. And, you know, if I'm not able to get one for a couple weeks, be SOL. It's just frustrating because, like, why... I With with how far ahead, like, uh, the pocket, right? Like, what was that, six months ahead, further ahead than that? Like, with how far ahead they're doing pre-orders, why do they not just open those pre-orders? I, I don't... Uh, and, and look, look, you can even say, like, on there, like, look. Like, just be honest. Like, okay, here here's the thing. Like, let's t- tell... They say to us, like, okay, in our first run, we can do 4,000 units. Right. So if you're one of the first 4,000 who pre-orders, you'll be in that run. If, if you pre-order past that, you'll be in the next run of whatever we think it can be. Like, just be open and honest and and say but like i i hate i just hate it and this is the same thing that's come up with i mean all these things recently of course the the xbox series the consoles playstation 5 nvidia's graphic cards like there's all mm-hmm. these things where you have to be online at the right time in the right place to see the right message to know yeah, that you, you need to pre-order it right now. It's for the ultra hardcore. Yeah. And I do want to pocket at some point, but I really want the duo. And it's yeah. just so stressful that 
I have no idea when that's coming for pre-order. No idea what time it's going to be. No idea if I'm going to see the message when it when it comes out. No idea if I'm going to be ready, if I can get online. I mean, right. the, the pocket went out, like, super quick. Like, why do... I just... I hate... I hate this boutiqueness in video games now. Yep. Where just open... Have open pre-orders, man. Just have open pre-orders and see what the demand is. And then make the consoles according to that. You know, like like you were saying with the play date, right? At least they're saying, like, look, we're going to have this many at first. And then we're going to open pre-orders. And, and and then we'll make more if we need to make more. And you'll know when we're making more and we'll make them soon. Like, just do that. I think I know my answer, but of the two colors, I'm assuming you want white. Yes, because I've always yeah, wanted do. a duo R and that's the closest to a duo R I will get. Yeah. I'm going to shock you on this one. I think I do want the American black. Yeah, I know. I mean, I understand it. Like, I think I but, think the turbo yeah. looked like looked nice too. But I know you wanted. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was thinking of that. Yeah, you want the white one, huh? This this machine shocked me though because I really so the thing that some people don't know is that the the turbo graphics CD attachment, the turbo CD. <clears throat> yep. It was literally just a CD player. There was nothing special about it. The only thing special was the actual unit had then some battery backup, um, you know, memory so that you could like save games. But the the CD unit itself, there was nothing special about it. So I really did believe that analog might make something that looked like the PC engine and then have a USB port where you could just attach a USB CD drive. That wouldn't be the elegant solution, but I did not think that they were going to put a CD drive in that system. So I was really shocked by the fact they were the duo route versus a typical PC engine route. I'm, I'm happy, um, but I was really shocked they did that. I did not think they were going to do it. Let me ask you this. Um, thinking ahead once again. So I was thinking to myself, okay, this is the big one. A lot of hardcore fans wanted the duo. We're getting it. The Neo Geo was, I believe, their first one out the gate. They've done NES. They've done Super Nintendo. They've done Mega Drive. They're taking care of the Game Boy scene as well as Turbo Duo Neo Geo Pocket, et cetera, et cetera, via add-ons. And I was thinking to myself, what would be next? Because you know they're not done. I'm thinking their next one, and I would be interested in this. PlayStation. I mean, if, if you're thinking logically, PlayStation is probably the next one. Right. You and I have already discussed the pipe dream, but I already know the argument because it's so tough to emulate the the, even with the latest emulator, which which I think is in the um, uh, Polymega. But let's you already know as the Saturn. Let's let's make believe the Saturn doesn't exist right now. 
for a major wanted console. And the crazy thing is, is games are still pretty readily available, but it's a system that is now over 25 years old, 26 if you count Japan. It's got to be the PlayStation, right? I mean, because I, I feel like, because I mean, there was some thought of like, is analog even going to do turbo graphics? You know, because I, okay, so Neo Geo is an outlier because they had to start somewhere. But I think past that, analog tends to make choices that are going to be popular. And I think the PlayStation would be incredibly popular. It's it's, it's a safe bet. Um, so there's, 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 I mean, they're not going to do a 3DO. <laughs> they're not going to do a CDI. You know, Sa- I think Saturn... I, Saturn... I, I don't know the FPGA situation with that, of if it can be done that way or not. I think N64 is a question of if it can be done. I, I think PS1 is one of the best options. But I was going to say, my crazy suggestion is Neo CD. Oh my god. <laughs> no. No, they would never do it. No. They would never do it. But wouldn't that be a great choice? Because Neo CD games are still incredibly cheap compared to Neo games. And the thing that that they could bring is they could they could modify things enough so that you could do way faster loading. Well, we're seeing a little bit of that with the Polymega. Are you are you aware of that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they could implement that type of idea. And yeah, I mean, I would only consider something like that as a showpiece for myself. I'm just speaking selfishly. But but I don't want to get yeah I I don't even no wanna. they'll never do it they'll never do it well you you don't know that no I, no, I, I, don't, I don't think know that. I, I but mm, I, yeah. but, but I think the question is going to become is is like what else can they do I mean I think the last two big boys are PlayStation yeah and it's still a little early you probably know what I'm going to say PS2 I don't think they can do PS2 in FPGA. Like I don't think that is possible yet. <coughs> I, I, is there a good FPGA Atari machine? Because that could be something. Uh, I don't know if they would go back yeah. that far. Yeah, but I'm trying to think of like, like what they would even consider doing because they they are they are running out of consoles. Because the pocket covers everything. I mean, the pocket the pocket covers Turbo Express, you know. So, like, the pocket covers everything handheld that they're gonna be able to do for a while. Mm. They don't have much unless they. I mean, yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to see like what they what they do next. I think I think PS One's the safest bet, but yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, there's Master System, but Master System is is so built into the the Mega SG anyway. That, that yeah, I was no going to say you got the add-on piece for that, correct? Yeah, I mean, because it comes in the box. So, hmm. You mess around with that much? The what is it? The Mega SG? Yeah, I love mine. Um, and I also, I finally, this was another thing about analog that frustrates me. Um, 
I I waited for months and months for those stupid cartridge adapters to come back in. And they finally did, and I picked them up. Uh, so, like, I... Because I, I'm a huge Genesis person, so I love, I love mine. It's just... I don't use it all the time, but I definitely love it as a, as a, as a system. Hmm. But I'm... The, the thing I'm curious about the Duo is... I want to know if the 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 TurboGrafx Mini's c- controllers work for that. Oh wow! Well, because those I, are. I think, and there's been some USB. Argu- well, there's been some arguments on this, but I think the actual controller port on the system is the Japanese style, which was used on the Duo R Duo, because the original TurboGrafx had a bigger plug. And I don't think it's that plug, but then they also have the USB port as well. They said, because, I mean, they know that, like, turbo controllers are not necessarily easy to get hold of. They said that you can use the USB port to use, use USB controllers as well. So, in theory, there's no reason the Turbo Mini controllers shouldn't work. But I really hope they do, because I have the tap and a couple controllers, and then I could just buy the... You know, two more to have the full set, and then just go that direction, which would be a lot cheaper than trying to find legitimate controllers. Yeah, let me ask you this: in terms of the, if you are able to get a duo, do you currently have a Turbo Graphics library of your own? Uh, and part B, would you be looking to add to that collection and hunt down other titles uh, like you and I need more games? I have. I think a, I own three three games right now, mm. and I. So it's it's not like one of those things I need. I don't need the console, but I've I want it because I have always wanted the, the 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 Duo R. Um, I think I would use it as a chance to maybe when I go to Japan, see if there's any neat cheap games to pick up, but. I, I could not get back into having a collection because I had right. I had a huge collection, I sold it, <laughs> and now prices are stupid. So, uh, so I I just I it's it's like it's like getting back into neo collecting right now. You know, <laughs> like you just don't like you either have to be no. committed to it already and you're trying to finish yeah. your collection, or yeah. you just give up on it right away. I, I did that in the early 2000s for the span of like maybe two, two and a half years. And, uh, you know, it was fun while it lasted. I do have those memories. I can always say I owned an AES. But I'll tell people right now, unless you are just filthy, nasty rich, don't even bother. I have I have one AES cart I still need to buy to be happy. Which um, one? KOF 98. Oh. But thankfully, the Japanese copy is still like two hundred or a little bit above there. So yeah, as crazy as it sounds, that's a, that's actually <laughs> that's a, a good steal. Yeah, I steal. can't believe that's only two hundred. Yeah, I think because I just made so many of them. Um, wow. Uh, so so thankfully, I I feel like I can. But if I have just that one game, then I'll be happy with what I have. Uh, but yeah, I mean, past that, like <clears throat> you can't even even consider it. At this point wow hmm hey what did you think uh 
and as we, we start to wind down here on GVGP41 here, uh, our holiday 9th gen edition, um, what did you, what did you, did you see that crazy tweet a couple days ago? A sealed and professionally graded Mario Brothers 3 yeah. selling for $156,000. Yeah, so what is going on? If I don't know if anybody out there is listens that listens to us, listen to the the um the completely unnecessary podcast. Yeah, the CU that, podcast. Yeah, Yes. Um I yep. They cover this a lot and it's there's there's been just utter craziness in this in this market and it's so my understanding of what has happened is you've had people who were in like comic collectors um, who have now decided that video games are the next big market to get into and they're coming over and they they want sealed games they don't necessarily care what those games are and wow. and and so like um, you said you were listening to Patney, and one of the good examples they brought up is Super Mario Brothers three. And I don't know if this was this copy or not. There's and get I might have it backwards, so so don't kill me if I do. On the initial press pressing of the game, it was like the the bros part of the title was on the left side, and then past that it was on the right side of Mario. Because they, the Nintendo decided that it looked better on the other side versus the initial side. Wow, okay. And they're talking about the fact that, like, there's some people, that these collectors that have come over, who are now trying to find this, like, left side bros copy. And the point was, like, people in, in gaming, right? Like, you'll have NES collectors, video game collectors, who... They want a good copy. They want a copy of that game with a nice label. They want the book. They want the box. They want the box in good shape. But they aren't going to give a damn about where that bros is, right? Mm-hmm. And so that kind of the, the, the conversations come up is, is that these kind of people who are paying that much money for games are looking for things that gamers, even gamers who are hardcore collectors, aren't looking for. So... This seems to be a market that's very specific, looking for very certain things, and it's this is not us, you know, people like me and you, or even like game collectors. This is not us buying these games. Is 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 the thought that's out there? Do you think it's like for some sort of elitism, elite class that's looking for something to differentiate themselves, almost like a high art to 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 place such a value on these things. Partially and- that, partially people who just have money and are looking to own things nobody else owns. That's why, like, because they're talking about the fact that, like, you'll have, I think it was, like, Spider-Man on Atari 2600, a game that has little value. But people were selling um, sealed copies of it for, like, thousands of dollars. You know, hey, if, we're, we're, if we're anyone just like, like most gamers would never care about these certain things. And so it's people who are trying to have things that nobody else has or that they 
they are looking for products that they think will then go up in value because they're looking at them as investments. Uh, I've got one for them if they're listening, if, if anyone <laughs> wants to spread the word. I have the hardcover San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Street Fighter 25th anniversary art book. Uh, I believe there are only 200 made with uh, Chun-Li art by Aki-Man. Mm. Uh, I'm willing to part with it for $275,000. <laughs> I mean, that's like the thing is, is like you see, you see this stuff, right? And like I said, if, if it was like the games that we know are rare and the games that we know are expensive, that'd be one thing, you know. Um, but it's, it's if you lose it, <laughs> excuse me. Listen to these conversations about what's being sold. There, there, there's games, just, just random games because they're sealed and graded are going for crazy prices. So there's part of you that's like, I should just take a random game I have still sealed, send it in to get graded, and see what happens. You know. Yeah. Um, but the problem is like right now, a lot, so much of it is is focused on NES and pre NES games it seems like oh i uh, i know what i'm getting can i may i brag hmm. i know what i'm getting in a week that's going to make me a multi-millionaire <laughs> Why? i'm supposed to be getting a copy of the limited edition fire emblem 30th anniversary oh. nes replica <laughs> package oh my god that hey you and i can retire <laughs> It's it, and as for those who don't know, it's it does not come with the physical game. It's a it's digital code. Yeah, but I believe it's NES box, Nintendo Power poster, um, and and a few other items in there which are escaping me right now off the top of my head. So that I'm I'm probably I am not going to open. I already digitally pre-ordered the game for six bucks. On my system, so I do believe I will keep this sealed. I've seen some people, and I don't know how they get away with it, because in order to do this uh, legally or truthfully on online auctions, you have to have product in hand in order to sell. Yeah, th- that, there's the, been some sneaky stuff yeah, on eBay because a lot of people are selling the console, new console before they came out. Yeah, so this this item is coming out at forty nine ninety nine. It's super limited, gone. <clears throat> people are already trying to get in excess of a hundred bucks for it. And it's not <laughs> even out yet. So I just I I hate it. I hate it so. I hate I hate games. I hate games. <laughs> I just like. You yeah. know, you know what you know what it is is, I remember when I was a kid, right? I went to Toys R Us and I wanted a certain, you know, action figure, for example. Right. And the problem was is like how many of that character did they have in a pack, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. You never knew, so so you never knew if like the story would have that that character still or not, or if they'd have way too much of the character that they thought would be popular or not going to be popular, you know. But that was like mm-hmm. the thing It's just like okay, is this store going to have it or not? And then you start getting to a point where, like, toys that should just be children's toys, that should just be on a shelf waiting for children to go in and ask their parents for, they right. start to become, there's only going to be X amount of this character. Or this, we've got a, a, 
a clear version of the character that's going to be a super limited version that, that is only going to be one in every five packs and stuff like that. And it's just like they took this thing that should just be a product you can go buy and, and they made all this limited stuff and, and exclusive stuff and, you know, you have to go here and here and here to get it. And just the same thing is with games and it's just like, like, I and why, why can't I go out in April of next year and even get a digital copy of the Mario collection? You know? Right. Why can't I just buy the video game this company is selling? Why? Oh, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's going to be a whole new tactic by Nintendo with the success of 3D All-Stars continue. It's just like this stuff. It's just like, why can't I just buy it? Like Analog, again, back to Analog. Why can't I just pre-order it? Mm-hmm. You know, why Why won't you sell me your product? Because everybody now has to make their thing feel special. Right. But the, but the, problem, I find, yeah. but the problem with that, not to cut you off, the problem with that mm-hmm. is we've had so much of that now that the things that were supposed to be special don't feel as special anymore. And you've got oh. all this crap coming out, these, these limited edition games that are coming out yes. that people aren't yeah. buying because it's just yes. crappy little games that should just be out there and not a limited edition anything i felt a lot of that shine went away after working designs was done i always used to say the limited editions that working designs put out were truly limited and they cared about it that was the early days of limited editions but somewhere around the lines of the early 2000s, and there's exceptions, there's been some beautiful sets, stuff that I still buy. But you said it, when everything is special and when everything is limited, it's no longer special and it's no longer limited. Like, like just with analog stuff, just not, not just to keep harping on them. That that's frustrating because well, but, of the market they're catering to. Yeah, like, but they I mean, should, like, like yeah. they've had like special versions of those consoles, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Super Nintendo has been out of stock for months and months and months and months for whatever mm-hmm. reason. They had they got they had like a transparent version, right? Like if you want to make that, it, and it's it's literally it's discontinued. I totally understand that. Every other version, I should be able to just go on there and buy it. Like, right. if, if you do want to have these special versions, that's fine. But, like, Fire Emblem. Th- th- and it's a, <laughs> it's a code, too. But, I mean, it's like, yeah. it's Nintendo. Like, Nintendo right. can't put out a Nintendo game on shelves so that I can just mm-hmm. buy it. You can't, like, Nintendo can't just put a game out and let me buy it. And, and... <sighs> You know, this is a conversation that kind of came up earlier on on Twitter with me, is having that knowledge of, like, which games are going to be gone and which aren't. Mm-hmm. Because I'm trying to remember, like, was it, was it Bayonetta 2? Or wasn't there some version of Bayonetta? Was it the, with the Wii, Wii U version? There was some version yeah. of Bayonetta that, like, it came and was just gone instantly i think it was the wii u one yeah i think it was the wii u one and it's just like uh, why why like why well, like nintendo why why can't you just have enough to, to be I'll, out I'll there say, yeah i'll, I'll say 
two things in conclu- conclusing here to wrap out GVGP41, and I'll let you uh, say your final piece. Um, in terms of PlayStation-related stuff, a game that came out a couple months ago that I don't think will last long, it'll exist on the digital channel for some time, but if you want physical, I would say 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. And yeah. Then I'm sorry, I'm sorry my- to cut you off, but there, there's, ah, there's a game, there's a uh, okay, so Disaster Report 4 was one of them. Oh, yes. It's, it's like, and I actually end up did find a copy, but there was some, there's some other game that came out recently that I just didn't even think about it, and now it's completely gone. Anyway, go ahead. Hmm. Yeah, if you remember what that is, let me yeah, know, I'll because I, I would like to know. And then the other thing, speaking of all of these things of value, what's limited... As I said at the top of the podcast, I've sold a chunk of stuff in the last six weeks. And from hanging out at a local specialty shop, it was not GameStop, it was it's a special trade shop. And talking to the people there for a couple hours and looking around the store. I will tell you this. The stuff that seems to maintain its value and that still sells. And while I was standing there... Uh, people coming in. I couldn't believe it, actually. At least three people who came in were looking for GameCube-related games. GameCube is hot right now. GameCube is hot right now. GameCube is hot, and on a side note, I did sell off all my GameCube stuff. Um, I got to tell you, excluding probably the Wii, but like NES, Super Nintendo... N64 GameCube right now, and I can guarantee Switch down the road. The Nintendo stuff will be wanted. It always is. Yeah, uh, yeah. GameCube is 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 like I'm. I've got some GameCube games I'm thinking about selling right now. Like I, I want to tell everybody out there, <clears throat> go out and look what exists. So there's options, you know. Off the top of my head, GameCube has a really good option for SD card mod- modification. Mm. Saturn has it. Dreamcast has it. They're they're now putting out a, a PS One mod for that kind of stuff. Think about think about and and I know it's tough, and I've been there, and I'm I'm there now too as well sometimes. And I'm I'm very proud of Anthony for doing what he's doing lately, because it's it's hard for us to get rid of those physical games, because we had so much of our life where if we didn't own it physically, it just didn't exist. Mm-hmm. There weren't options. There are countless options now, and putting all legal, argue, you know, conversations aside. There's a lot of consoles now. If if you want a game, you can get it. And I I during Black Friday because of the discount, I just owed, ordered my Mega EverDrive Pro so that I can play Sega CD games directly mm. on the Mega SG now. Without 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 the actual Sega CD. Um like with the prices as they are right now, and I'm not saying that they're not going to Maybe go higher in the future. You never know. But prices are high right now for a lot of stuff. <clears throat> Sit down for a moment and just ask yourself, 
do you need those games? You know, because I, I'm, I'm struggling with this because it's just like, if I look at a game and it's, it says the game's currently going for like, okay, I'll, I mean, I'll give you an exa- a direct example. Kale Concerto, PS1. I'm looking to sell my copy. And it's one of those things where I keep, I keep telling myself, if you sell this copy, it's, you're never going to have it again. Right. Right. Like there's that feeling there. But I, I, I can, I can put it on a PS TV. I can put it on a PSP. I can put it on a, a, a PlayStation Vita. I can, I can put it on other things. There's, pl- I have plenty of stuff that can play PS One games if I really want it. And it's th- like three hundred or more right now for that game. Like, is having that disc just sitting on my shelf in case someday I ever want to play it worth that? three hundred dollars like that's what you've got to ask yourself so right now this is a question that everybody should be asking themselves and looking at their you know libraries like you did like i am kind of doing and saying what could i have for that money that would make my life better you know because if if i sell this tel concerto and that not only pays off my Mega Everdrive Pro, mm-hmm. but then potentially also pays for my Saturn SD card reader or my Dreamcast SD card reader. Like, my gaming life is exponentially improved by those things in comparison to having a game just sitting on a shelf. Oh, so and in my mind, with how you're looking at that, it's a win. And I won't stay on this too long because I don't want to keep us too long on this episode. We could actually make an episode on this in terms of what yeah. I've learned and what you're learning. Um, I'm losing my train of thought. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, in regards to my situation, I got rid of a lot of doubles of multi-platform stuff. I got rid of stuff that I either justified having on other consoles due to remasters or re-releases. Some of the stuff I had digitally on PlayStation 3, for example. Um, But there's other things you have to start to take into consideration, like age of the hardware, drives burning out. Yep. And then here's the thing with the money I got similar to Molly. Now, mine, some of the stuff was used to pay for some personal finance related stuff. So it did help me out with real life stuff, we'll call it. And here's the thing. It was also a win for me because I, while some of the stuff I cashed out, I had also gotten credit. I got a PlayStation 5. Yeah. So in my mind, there were some games for games, next generation jump. And we all know at least some of those games. I only lost maybe a few games in terms of their uniqueness in my collection. We both know that these companies keep re-releasing stuff, remasters like movies, Digital Avenue. Some of that stuff that I lost, I'm confident it's going to come back. Yeah. And I'm not saying, I want to be clear, I'm not saying just got your collection right here and there. Oh, right. You know, if there's things that you love, keep them. Like yep. my my second highest value game I currently own is Rule of Rose, which is currently sitting at four hundred ninety eight dollars. I I could I would love that money, but I'm not gonna sell that game because I have a legitimate love for it. 
So I'm not saying like sell everything, but but like just go through your collection and say like, are you actually like? I mean, I have like Sega Ages Volume One on Saturn, right? Am I am I gonna play that? <laughs> am I gonna play? The, you know, can I not get those games in other ways if I really want them? So just just like ask yourself is is is, is like, you know, what could you have? Like, what could you have a new console? If you sold the game or two, you know, could you have the the means to play your consoles when those drives die and they're gonna die and they are dying? So you know, consider it. Well, with that, um, I want to thank everyone one last time tuning in generic video game podcast episode forty one, uh, ninth generation underway. Uh, a lot of the major 2020 holidays are behind us. We still got Christmas to go and then New Year's. Molly and I intend to be back soon. Hopefully it'll be sooner than six months. Um, but, you know, there had been some big changes in my life in 2019. 2020 has been crazy for everyone. But we finally gotten over some obstacles here. Uh, knock on wood, feeling pretty good overall. By the way, uh, if, you know, if, if, you've, if you've purchased a new console... Or if you have super expensive games you're thinking about selling, send us an email about either one, and we'll read them yeah, next time. Yeah, we'd love to. Yeah, love to hear the story. If there's anything unique in your town, uh, I'll do a quick plug. Retro Game Trader and mine very unique consoles from all over the globe. Yeah, if you got anything cool, send us some shots. Write us. Uh, I'm still at 24 bit AJE on Twitter. That's the number two, the number four. And Molly's at M O L L I P E N. And don't forget to check out egmnow.com for the latest. So, with that, on behalf of my partner here, Molly, and myself, Anthony, signing out, we'll catch you next time.